Hello, and welcome to the I Hope Empowers podcast. Have you ever wondered why the birthplace of Christianity is now almost all Islamic? Back then, it was largely due to Christian apathy and fear, and now we're in danger of repeating history. Islam is growing here while Christianity is declining. And yet, just 2% of Christians are sharing the gospel with tremendous implications for future generations. This podcast is all about empowering you and your family to help reverse those trends. Hello and welcome back. This is Renaud. Our special guest speaker today is iHope's co-founder and my wife, Karen Bijani. And our topic is love. So Karen, during my childhood, I was literally at war with Muslims in the Middle East. What was your experience with Muslims as you were growing up? Well, I certainly was not at war with Muslims like you were. In fact, I never met a Muslim. I grew up on a farm in the Midwest, and I didn't have any exposure to other religions, certainly not Islam. And so I don't think I ever met a Muslim as I was growing up. And when did you first become aware of Muslims? Well, the first time I I really think I ever gave any thought to Muslims was on 9-11. I was a busy mom, and I had three little boys, and we lived at, in the suburbs, and I used to drive into the city for my work. And on that particular day, I had just taken the elevator up to the high-rise building where I worked, and then someone hollered that the Twin Towers in New York City had been struck. The alarms in the building went off, and we all ran down the firewell, the stairwell, to the ground floor, and we all sat in shock as we watched the televisions in the, in the building's cafeteria and just tears rolled down our eyes in shock um, as we saw that second plane hit that Twin Tower in New York City. And I left work just immediately after that, and it was so surreal as I was driving home to consider why, why would Muslims hate us? And, you know, September 11, uh, awakened a lot of feelings in me, in me and uh, that anger and hate that I, uh, I still had. But uh, I was already indifferent toward Muslims. And, uh, but God put me through the process and transformed my heart to love them as he loves them. So tell us about your process. What did the Lord put you through? Well, years went by and life resumed. And my kids grew, and and I was just busy. I I really continued to carry that fear for Muslims. In fact, um, occasionally I'd get on an elevator, and if a woman in a full hijab stepped on, I would just step off because I would secretly have this fear that she would have like a bomb underneath there or something. And so in my suburban bubble, I was apathetic about reaching out to Muslims and making Jesus known. And And around that time, there were many, many refugees moving into the city in which I lived. And I felt the Lord stirring my heart to volunteer to help. And by this time, I was in my mid-40s and I attended a volunteer training. And I remember vividly sitting at a table in this volunteer training. And I was across the table from me was a volunteer who was from the Middle East, a Muslim who spoke Arabic. And I remember having this sense of wonder and awe, thinking, 
oh my gosh, this is the first Muslim I've ever met. And and then shortly after that, we met. Absolutely. And you were the second person I'd met who was from the Middle East and who spoke Arabic. And by this point, the Lord was really working on me over my apathy and my fear over engaging Muslims. And around this time, Renaud and I began to date. and we, we would be going to grocery stores, Arabic grocery stores in the city in which we lived, searching for the best pita bread. And I remember um, on one particular day is that we were going through this grocery store. It was filled with women with their full hijabs. And I remember just having this overwhelming sense of fear in the grocery store, in the middle of the United States of America. And it became a big pivot point for me because in that grocery store, I was struck by the thought of 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, where it said, God did not give me a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. And I knew that that fear wasn't coming from the Lord. And so I prayed, Lord, help me get past this apathy and this fear, because I really do want to love the way that Jesus loved. Okay, so let's fast forward. So the Lord answered your prayer and you've replaced apathy and fear with Christ's love for Muslims. So tell us about a big milestone moment on that journey. Well, the Lord began stretching me and growing my faith and trust from that prayer. So be careful what you pray for. I used to think that engaging Muslims was something that missionaries or pastors did, but certainly not a woman like me, a small town kid from the Midwest who lived in the suburbs. And, and I was thinking small. And then we went to the Middle East. And about that time, there was a lot of tension in a particular town we were driving through. And there were UN tanks, and there were soldiers with artillery and machine guns everywhere. And um, I was in a van with several people from our group. And um, I was holding on, just white-knuckled in fear. I had my sunglasses on, and tears were rolling down my, my face. And yet, the driver of our van was a man named Muhammad. And he was a former Muslim, and he was so strong in his faith. And as we were driving by these UN tanks, and, and, and I was crying with fear, he was singing, Yes, Jesus loves me. And at one point, he stopped his song to look over at me to the right. I was in the passenger side. And he noticed my fear, and he noticed my tears and my trembling. And he said, Kevin, what are you afraid of? We have a living God. They have a dead God. Why are you afraid? And at that moment, it hit me so hard because Muhammad was right. I was living in a place of apathy and fear. And I wasn't trusting the Lord. And I wasn't seeing Muslims the way that he saw them. I knew I earnestly wanted to love Muslims. And I knew it wasn't going to be in my own power. Yeah, and, you know, since that encounter uh, with Muhammad, 
I've seen the Lord grow your faith and trust and now overcome your fear and apathy to boldly share Jesus with many Muslims. And I love it. So <laughs> share with us a recent story of that. Well, it didn't happen overnight. You know, it, it happened over time as I began to just put myself out there and since be, be sincere and intentional about meeting Muslims and just being curious and hearing their stories. And what I found was there are a lot of moms and wives and daughters and sisters just like me. And it happened over time as I was spending time abiding with the Lord over his word and in prayer and in community. And over that time, as I met Muslim women and as, as the Lord replaced my apathy and fear of Muslims with love, really what I found was that Christ's love in me compelled me to share the love of Jesus with Muslims. And now I know my job is to love him and to make him known. And once I learned that, um, and it got deeply rooted in my heart and in my mind, I knew I needed to make him known. Then I wrestled with, well, how do I do that? I mean, I don't have the courage and the confidence and the know-how to do that. But I since learned there are really only five things that I needed to know and to do with Muslims. You know, there are a lot of good things out there that I could be doing, but there, if I stuck to these five essentials, and we're, we're going to talk more about that next week with Renaud on next week's podcast, but here's a sneak peek. I learned that I didn't have to know or say perfect words or have a PhD in Islam to share or um, wrestle someone to the ground with apologetics and win an argument and not a heart. No, with my Muslim friends and with Muslims I meet, I know now that my job is to look for people in whom the Lord is stirring their hearts and who are open. And I know that my role is to intentionally look for opportunities to plant gospel seeds and to be obedient in planting them and then get out of the way for the Holy Spirit to work. And so I've found that I can do this in my day-to-day -day life. I don't have to go overseas. I can do these things right here in my everyday life. So in that context, I wanted to share a couple stories with you so you could really see what that looks like in very practical ways. As I share these next couple stories, I want you to think about how you might be more intentional about engaging and loving Muslims around you. So here's one story. I traveled often for my corporate job and sometimes on an overseas trip I would land at the airport and I would have a, a driver drive me home because I would just be wiped out and we lived about 40 minutes 40 minutes to an hour away from home and so on a recent business trip I had an, uh, a car driver pick me up and um, as we were driving back he was driving me to my home he just started to small talk and in that conversation, I came to realize he was a Muslim. And he asked me to tell me a little bit about me. And I said, well, I'm a follower of Jesus. And at that point, he got really quiet. And then he, he said, you know, I don't know any followers of Jesus. And I, I really don't know very much about Jesus. And then he peppered me with lots of questions because he sincerely wanted to know more about Jesus. He was very curious. And about that point, I, I kept praying, okay, Lord, what do I do next? Uh, Holy Spirit, guide me. And at some point, I thought, you know what? I often find that a good prayer 
for you to pray is that the Lord would reveal to you the truth about Jesus. And about this time, we were hitting the cul-de-sac in which we lived, and we pulled into the driveway, and he asked, would you pray that prayer together with me right now? Could we pray that the Lord would reveal Jesus to me? And so we did. And there you go. That's a simple way for how to plant gospel seeds and share the love of Christ in your ordinary every day. I love it. And uh, uh, I know you've got so many more. Share with us another story, perhaps, where you just planted a gospel seed and left the rest up to the Lord. Okay, here's another one. And this is just, this speaks to just opening your eyes and being intentional and looking for opportunities. And so we moved to a new area, new city, and I had to find a new doctor. And so at my doctor visit, I came to realize, um, oh, my doctor's Muslim. She said, tell me a little bit about you. And I shared, well, I'm working with some local Muslim refugees teaching English. And then she said, oh, are you Muslim? And I said, no, I'm a follower of Jesus. And then she just looked at me stunned and she said, Karen, I'm Muslim. I should be doing that. And and you're Christian. Why, why are you teaching English to Muslim refugees? And then that gave me the opportunity to share with her, well, Christ's love compels me um, to share the love of Jesus with my Muslim friends. And then I gave her my quick little 60-second gospel presentation. And then she got real thoughtful. And she said, Karen, you know, there's something different about you. You know, I haven't really been practicing my faith. And I would like to talk with you more about this. And that's just a quick thing that you can see um, in your day-to-day life, how you can look for those kinds of opportunities to be salt and light and to share the love of Jesus with Muslims you meet and Muslims that you know. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, You know, those are wonderful examples of just planting gospel seeds, and that's part of our job, uh, our responsibility that the Lord has given us as his witnesses, to be his witnesses. And on average, the, uh, the average Muslim I've heard, it takes about 15 gospel seeds before uh, uh, they are likely uh, or to accept Christ as Lord and Savior at that point. So the best and wisest thing for you to do is to think that your encounter with that Muslim is that first gospel seed. And there will be others that will provide the uh, 14 others. And it might be you coming back with an ongoing relationship with that Muslim. But the thing is, is that that's what it's about. We are the witnesses to Jesus. We are the ambassadors. That means the love of Christ is to compel us to do that. We are the salt, Jesus said. We are the light. And the salt cannot do any good if it's there in the salt shaker, which is this church. That's the salt shaker. So the salt doesn't do any good in there. It needs to be out to be a preservative around a dying world around it. Or as Jesus put it, we are the light of the world. That means we cannot just be in a building where there's already a lot of light. Jesus said, you got to remove it from under the basket and let the light shine in the darkness and the darkness disappears. So when it comes to Muslims coming here, this is the greatest gospel opportunity in the history of the world. We've never 
had opportunities like this. So as Islam is growing uh, worldwide, and especially in Christianized nations, and they are coming here, this is our opportunity to make a difference. And it will take every single one of us, you and me, to be those witnesses, to be the ambassadors for Christ. And as Karen shared with us, to just plant gospel seeds as as we see Muslims all around us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us that opportunity. And well, that's it for today. And look for the next podcast to learn about the five simple biblical essentials that every Christian should know and do with Muslims. Thank you for joining us on the I Hope Empowers podcast. Our vision is for every Muslim to hear the gospel through an authentic relationship with a Christian. Learn more on our blog and find other resources on our website, www.ihopeministries.org.